0: Combo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Well done, Mitch. Well done. Oh, this will get me going on a Friday. Good job, Mitch. Oh. Classic iconic rock song. Yeah. The Blue Oyster Cult also a concert a month ago. It's also more than that on this show, and you know it. We're not playing you to sing. We're playing this for you to
2: sing.
1: Five o'clock hour, the Burns and Gambo show. The reason we're playing Blue Oyster Cult is that Gambo, to the disappointment of some on social media, has ruled out John Collins as a player the Phoenix Suns could be in pursuit of this season. Ruling it out despite
2: a... Just give me, give me five more seconds of it, Mitch. Crank it up right there. God, I just love that song. God, I just love, 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 love that song. Feel better now? Yeah, but Blue the Cult is like one of those concerts you go to. They like they have like three or four good songs, and a lot of their music is not good. But like that is it. I, like honestly, like you sit through ten songs that just are not good to get to Burning for You," Godzilla, and and uh, "Don't Fear the Reap. But "Don't Fear the Reap is such a great song, one of the classic, iconic rock songs of all time, and one of my favorite songs ever. All right, tell everybody about John
1: Collins because yeah, we despite, all know how much you listen, feel about uh, Blue Oyster.
2: Cham Sharania came up with this um, this list today on on teams that the Suns could be trading Jay Crowder to and the, the big name on that list was was John Collins and you know I bet a lot of people wanting to know hey what well, can you find out about this and you, you I mean you know how I work and you know what I do and you know that this information is one hundred percent not ninety nine percent not ninety nine point nine it is one hundred percent accurate the Suns are not interested in John Collins there is no interest for the Suns. And John Collins. Okay, that is kind of what he reported, though. You he know kinda that, say, right? He kind of went. He was kind of wishy-washy yeah, on yeah, it. He
1: was very wishy-washy he was about that it. But they But, that
2: are, is, but then, then, but here's why they wouldn't be. But, like, but yeah, I mean, that they, in a way, I mean, so why write a story and I, then show all these things on Jay Crowder and the Galhawks Hawks and John Collins? I have no idea. It's not coming here. They don't gonna, want
1: I'm going to read to you exactly what he reported because as you'll see. Some of it is very, very true. Some of it very much matches up with what you found out today. The Hawks have opened up preliminary trade discussions around forward John Collins. As interested teams inquire, league sources tell The Athletic. The Suns are a team showing desire in Collins, those sources have added, but they appear uninclined to take on the long-term money of Collins, who's in the second season of a five-year, $125 million contract. So follow me here. The Suns are a team showing desire in Collins. You say, not true. Not true. Okay? They do not desire him. But then he follows that up literally the same sentence, the Suns appear uninclined to take on the long-term money of Collins. So basically saying the Suns are interested, but they're not. So what the hell does that but, mean?
2: They're not interested in any way. But, they're not interested in, in the player. They're not interested but, in the money. But, but I but mean, he's on that's, a two-year 100. what he's teams.
1: saying, though. They appear uninclined to take on the long-term money of Collins. Well what that's, was the first thing you, see, the first well, thing you what said? Well, that's what I mean. That's the contradiction here. So, the contradiction like, is reporting that they've shown desire, but they're uninclined to take on the money. Well, then you'd okay, have no what's desire. what's wrong is the desire.
2: There is no desire. The Suns don't have a desire. They're okay. not interested in John Collins. Well, what's right is that they're
1: uninclined to take on his salary. do well, the math. The, the math doesn't does, work. Right? That's, that's why the, the report is so oddly written. I mean, it really is. It's right. It's, it's so oddly written that it's, it's like some of it very much matches up with what you're telling us, that they are not inclined. Because really, that's why the John Collins thing never made a wisp of sense to begin with. He's, for what he brings, he's way too expensive. I mean way too expensive for the Suns to even think about adding John Collins. Yeah, That part never made any sense. I don't care what what Sham said. that, That part was illogical.
2: June 22nd this year. Is it, it's that time of year you've seen a boatload of rumors regarding the Suns? I would say rule out anything in which you see Malcolm Brogdon or John Collins coming to Phoenix. I ruled out John Collins on June 22nd. And a lot of people have pointed this out to me on Twitter. It goes, you talked about John Collins not coming here a while. Uh, on June 30th, I said, look, I don't believe the Suns like John Collins. You know, so he, he's not a guy that they're, they're interested in. It's not a fit. Look, the Suns are going to trade J. Crow. Okay, and a lot of people are asking me what about Clint Capella look they're going to trade him for a wing player I expect it to be a wing player wing one power forward two but more likely wing so I don't think they're going to get a point guard they're not going to get a center they're not going to get a shooting guard if they trade Jay Crowder I would really focus on a wing player but John Collins is on a five year contract for 125 million dollars the money doesn't work the player doesn't work so you know, part of the sham thing is that they have a desire for him and that's the part of i'm saying is wrong the sons oh i hear you're not I, talking with atlanta and they do not desire him
1: i just i just the way it's written it, it it's it's very odd it's very strange uh, <laughs>
2: what i wrote is not odd or strange they don't want him. Yeah. to <laughs> so also
1: pointed out in the story that executives around the league he writes believe a potential deal will be weeks and potentially months in the making ahead of the trade deadline so even he's kind of reporting and hey, nothing's going to happen anytime soon For jay crowder no, for John Collins. Oh, for John Collins. For John okay, John Collins, okay. yeah. Gotcha. He also writes, in addition, the Suns expressed interest in forwards such as Sacramento's Harrison Barnes, Washington's Kyle Kuzma, and Houston's K.J. Martin League sources have said. You want to okay. tackle those? Yeah,
2: you, you take them one at a time. I'll tell you everything I know because I've done a lot of work on this today. Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is a guy the Suns spoke with, and I spoke with Sacramento today as well. Um, the Suns liked Harrison Barnes. They really did. They liked him back in 2016. He was a target for them in 2016 as a free agent. But here's why Harrison Barnes isn't coming here. Because Mike Brown has Sacramento rolling and he loves Harrison Barnes. And they're not interested in trading him. Because I talked to them today. They're not interested in trading Harrison Barnes. So they're, not, they're they're one of the surprise teams in the league. Word is playing out of his mind. The Murray kids, great. like they're a, They haven't made the playoffs in forever and they finally got a team that people can like. And if they, they, they scored 153 the other night, Harrison Barnes is a, a great teammate. He's a great leader. He fits in well with the younger players, and he's playing 25 to 30-something minutes a game. They have no interest in trading him. and But there was talk in the summer. The Suns contacted them. Would you do Drake J. Crowder for Harrison Barnes? And they said no. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm, they're not going to come back and do that now. I love Harrison Barnes.
1: I'll I, I wish he you. were available. I, like him too. I really I do. I, I wish he were out there. But Sacramento's playing too well. Sacramento hasn't been relevant in the NBA in 10 years. This is the closest thing they've gotten to Relevance in the NBA in a decade—they're not trading one of their best players now. Mike Bibby, Chris Webber—they become a while. irrelevant in the next three weeks, four weeks, like if they really fall off the table, well, maybe we can revisit this one. But right now, no way. No, nope. Kyle Kuzma, and you've left this door open. I think Washington's as fake as they get. I don't think they're that good. I really don't. They're off to a good start, too, like Sacramento. I think it's really only a matter of time until the Wizards aren't very good. And when they're not, I think Kyle Kuzma could very well be happy. I cannot
2: rule him out. That is a player that the Suns like a little. They like him. He's on an expiring deal, you know, this year at thirteen million dollars. So you could, you know, basically make the money work. It would be pretty easy to get a deal done uh, with that. I think there is a player option for next year, which he'll decline. Um, so you'd be basically swapping out one player for another. Um, but you're not. But that would just be a one year thing because you, you would lose him because he's a free. He's a un. He'd be a free agent if he declines his player option before June 29th. But I don't think that he—I think Washington will move him. When you look at the pieces they have, they've got enough there at that spot. So I do think that Kyle Kuzma, with his size, could play some power forward, could be the wing guy for you. I think Kyle Kuzma does make sense. That
1: is not a player that I can rule out right now. So you don't have to play Blue Oyster Colt for Kyle Kuzma. All right, real quick, thumbs up, thumbs down on K.J. Martin of Houston. He was yeah, the third name—fourth name mentioned. Yeah, they're, they're
2: trying to put K.J. Martin in a deal to try to get Eric Gordon to move. Like, Because nobody wants Eric Gordon. Nobody wants to give up anything for Eric Gordon. He'll probably get bought out at some point if they can't move him. So they're trying to say, hey, well, maybe you take K.J. Martin. Would you take K.J. Martin and Eric Gordon together? So Houston, when you hear K.J. Martin's name, it's attached to another player. It's not by himself.
1: It's attached to another player. Texas, your thoughts? The FanDuel text line, it's there for you right now, 620-620. We get a chance. We'll read the best ones on the year. The Arizona Cardinals traded away their first-round pick this year to get Hollywood Brown. And Maybe they get Hollywood Brown back for Monday. Who do they miss out on by not taking a player in the first round? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Sold Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I just want to circle back to this because we did ask... Steve Kime about it. We are going to replay the Steve Kime interview for you at 6 o'clock um, because we got bonus burns in Gambo tonight with the Suns taking on the Utah Jazz. Um, we did ask him about Eno Benjamin. This is what he said. Yeah, well, Cliff, Cliff, I think, addressed that. And, you know, it was a decision made by the organization. And, you know, we, we wish him well in Houston.
2: The Gambo follow-up. There are reports out there that he was unhappy with playing time and got into it with one of the coaches after the game. Can you confirm that? Wish him the best in Houston. There you go. We'll see if anything comes out. The reports that are out are wasn't happy with his play in time, and it was some sort of confrontation with the coach. I do believe that there's one more thing um, that could come out that led to Eno Benjamin being let go. We'll see if it comes out on Hard Knocks, what they have. I think we'll all be watching that one to see oh, what kind of video yeah. do they get and know everything. Oh, yeah. and, and here's the thing. I mean, if you're... If you're the Cardinals, and I was thinking about this, if you're the Cardinals, do you, do you want to get out ahead of it? Or do you try to ignore it? Or, like, you know, if you're the Cardinals organization, you know if, the, or if Hard Knock's got all of that. You know. And you, 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 you know if they're going to feature it or not. So, the question is, should they have, should they allow hard knocks to break, you know, break all the info on well, that, or should they try to get out ahead of it themselves? You
1: know what? I, I, I'm glad you brought this up. And, and uh, not what we were scheduled to talk about, but let's, let's riff on it here for a few minutes. In some ways, I understand why Cliff and Steve have both gone silent treatment when it comes to why Eno got cut. They don't want to embarrass him they don't want to humiliate him they don't want to they want to keep it classy and just say hey we just made a personnel decision and that was that right if they come out with the reasons why you know yeah it explains their position a little bit better but it's also in a way kind of pushing who is a very popular player under the bus right it's it's so instead you You don't want to damage him you know you you just want to say we cut him you know and just leave it at that when the footage comes out on hard knocks that will tell its own story The Cardinals don't need to tell the story. Hard Knocks will tell the story. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're Steve, if you're Cliff, you don't have to explain why you cut Eno. You know, you don't have to humiliate the kid or embarrass him or drag his name through the mud. You you don't have to do that by explaining why you've cut him. You can kind of let NFL films be the bad guy here, you know? Like, like for, li- for lack of a better way of putting it, just let let them be the messenger, you know? Why does Cliff need to be the messenger? Right, Why the does Cardinals, Steve need to be the messenger? The Cardinals
2: are not going to be the bad guy in this situation, okay? If anybody's the bad guy, it's probably going to end up being Eno Benjamin for the way he handled himself. I, and that it's, is maybe you just let that story tell itself
1: and you don't say it's anything. It's funny. You think that and I think that. I still think there are some people who think the Cardinals should have handled this differently. And, I, I, and I, I want to be on the record here. I agree. Based off of what we've heard has been reported, I don't think, you know, I got to see what it looks like and what happens, and hopefully NFL film shows that to us. I don't blame the Cardinals for what they did at all. I, th- I think they did what they had to do. All right, in this situation, not everybody feels that way, though. Yeah, not everybody believes that the Cardinals were in the right in letting Eno Benjamin go, and so I think for some, the Cardinals are the bad guy for letting him go. The Cardinals did do him wrong by that they didn't. Unless they the story tells you, well, yeah. what I'm, ex- what
2: I would expect is a story that tells you like, okay, they had no choice. Yep. That's what I'm expecting.
1: That's what I'm expecting. They, and to. based
2: on what I, you know, what I've heard, I think the story is going to explain stuff. That's like, okay, I think they had no choice they had to do. it. nobody's going to fault the Cardinals for what happened. If if everything comes out, um, I don't think that they'll fault the Cardinals. It was, you know, I mean, it, it was it was it was probably more on Eno, and they probably needed to do it. Maybe they could have salvaged it. I just, but that I don't know.
1: I don't know, and I don't know if the Cardinals are, you know, trying to keep it classy by not explaining why they cut them, by not getting into great yeah. detail about think, why they didn't. cut I would think so, I suspect that might be part of it here um, they 've taken some shots this week. There are people in the fan base who are not happy eno 's popular right he 's asu he 's local kid He's, He had done really well. They need him. I mean you know they, forget about the fact that he went to ASU. The thing, he their he, he know running back. He's their number two running back. I'm yeah. expecting Corey Clement to
2: be called up off the practice squad this week, so I would think he'd be your number three back in
1: this game. Okay. Like, honestly, but, it better be bad when we see it. I mean, I, and I, I don't say that lightly, like I'm. Why, well, he, why else would they cut him if it wasn't bad? He was such an integral part of what they do, not this past week, but all season. He had been such an important part of what they do. Man, it better be. It better rise to the level of yeah. You had no choice. You had to let them. You had to let them go. It better I, rise to that. level. I expect that it will. Okay, yeah, we'll right, So what
2: I've heard, I expect that. If, I don't think everybody's going to like. I can't believe they cut him over that. No, it's not going to be that. I, I,
1: it's. I, I do not going to come, come with like yeah.
2: they cut him over that. Really, that's not so bad. No, I think you'll see
1: they cut him for, yeah. uh, for appropriate reasons. I expect you're right, and and like yeah, I, I'm sorry we slipped into that conversation, but and we're going to replay the whole interview. You can hear it in its context, but I assure you, uh, that was pretty much everything Steve Kime had to say about Eno Benjamin was those, were those two cuts that I played you right there. Okay, so, um, when we talk about the Cardinals, we talk about Hollywood Brown. Maybe he plays on Monday, maybe he doesn't. I, I've got to think that it, as as quick of a turnaround as it might be for him, man, this is it. This is, you don't win this one, there's no next game. I mean, there is, but the next game's not going to matter if you don't win this one. Which is why it was funny when um, CBSSports.com graded each team's first round pick midway through the 2022 NFL season. And I'm glad Glad you found this. I liked it. I liked it. Because there's the the one name that we affiliate most with the Cardinals, Tyler Linderbaum. He's getting an a minus, a minus. Pro- probably. I mean, he's the guy the Ravens took with what was the Cardinals' pick. He, is, I know. He is the player that I
2: can tell you that the card. Cardinals if they had kept that pick that is the player they would have taken they loved Tyler Linderbaum the center they they and it says Linderbaum looks like a few look Linderbaum looked like a future first round pick from his first season at Iowa, and he's played well beyond his years in his rookie season in Baltimore. He really feels, uh, he really feels like a Ravens blocker, routinely destroyed linebackers at the second level, just like he did in the Big Ten. The past protection performance hasn't been quite as spectacular, but it's coming along. Tyler
1: Linderbaum, (laughs) Interior Offensive Lineman, Iowa.
2: Linderbaum has the potential to be a Pro Bowl center, but he needs to be matched with a move-based running game. He has the foot quickness to consistently find top positioning in the first phase of blocks. His leverage and body control allow him to keep running lanes open. However, his size will make block finishing hit or miss, and he'll need some help against bigger defenders lining up across from him. Linderbaum's tenacity and talent make him a can't-miss prospect if he is put into the right scheme. NFL comp, Eagles center, Jason Kelsey.
1: We thought, what the hell, why not? Uh... <laughs> hey, I think Sarah Cazell did that one. i I'm think going to what? that. Yeah, it's, let's play the game. Who voiced it? Oh, it was Sarah Kazell, too late. Yeah. 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 Real yeah. quick, the other name that was talked about a lot... Right, that, that we ruled out because the Cardinals they, they, did yeah, not he, like him. You ruled it out very early in the process and that was George Karloftis they from Purdue. They didn't like
2: him. They didn't think he was a natural pass rusher. I was able to rule him out even though a lot of Montreffs were tying him to the Cardinals and I told our fan base that he take him off your list. He's not a guy they're, they're interested in. Six pressures in his NFL, NFL debut hinted at an impending monster season for the former Purdue stud. It hasn't happened. While his pressure creation rate is north of 10%, the clear-cut one-on-one victories have been rare And he's been a liability stop in the run Too often, Karloftis has been easily moved by blockers And he's been in position to make a tackle The rate at which he's brought ball carriers to the turf has been relatively low The Cardinals didn't like him They didn't think he was a natural pass rusher So when they saw film on him, they basically ruled him out He was never a guy that they would have taken in the first round at any point Even if they had dropped
1: back We'll skip the draft profile for George Karloftis. Okay. Just because we, we've got it, but, you know, it's in the queue, but we're okay. We'll, we'll pass on Do we that. know who did
2: it? You want to take a guess at who did it?
1: Maloney. Oh, I was going to go there. So I'll go Mitch. Give me the first five seconds of it, Mitch. Sorry, I told you we weren't going to play it. You closed the file. <laughs> oh, was it you? <laughs> George Karloftis, Edge, Purdue. Nicknamed the Greek freak okay, of college football, this 275. 275- yeah, that's right. They gave the Greek guy yep. Yep. the Greek guy. Yep. That was right? an easy one. Vereldis Karloftis, right? Grab they that. gave the Greek guy just the Greek It feels weird guy. hearing that nickname now, given what he's done, and Giannis, the Greek freak. It right. doesn't match up very well. It really doesn't. Uh. It really doesn't. All right, thanks for playing along with us. When we come back, the big X factors in this game coming up on Monday night. Is one of them even going to play for the Cardinals? That's coming up here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. John Gambon, Dave Burns. We're live from the auction community studios on this Friday. Look, I'm not telling anybody they don't already know. It's been a... A really disappointing season for the Cardinals up until this point. That can change, certainly, with a win Monday night against the Niners. It kind of resets many, many things, how we feel about the season and where they've gone. One element about this team that's been really disappointing this year, and I'm thinking about this because I saw a picture of Zach Ertz at the hospital recovering from a surgery, right, is something that we had a conversation with Steve Keim about earlier today in which we pointed out that the vision of how this offense was going to look never material. They never had Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, Zach Ertz, and Kyler Murray on the field at the same time. No, never, and they won't. No, can't happen. It's not going to happen. No, with Zach Ertz out for the year,
2: and you know you thought when you got a hop back, and then immediately you get a hop back, and then Hollywood Brown goes down, and then a week later, uh, two week, a couple weeks later, then. Um, Zach Ertz goes down. Yeah, they put together what should have been a very dynamic offense. Now, the good thing is, um, you know, what Steve Kimes said to us about Trey McBride. Look, you know, what you in April, what what you need in April is different in, than what you need in November. In November, we need this guy right now. In April, you may say we didn't need him, but you need him now. This is a golden opportunity, a great opportunity for Trey
1: McBride to show why he was a second round pick and why he was the first Cardinals draft pick. Reason why I'm bringing this up on Sports Illustrated today. Three X factors for the Cardinals against the 49 One of the three names they mention is Marquise Brown Now we don't even know if he's going to play Right? Right? No We don't know know if he's going to play We we hope he does Um, I would think That Hollywood Brown As the story goes Hollywood Brown told the Cardinals, you can put me on the IR, that's fine, but I'm only gonna be there four weeks. I mean, I'll, I'll be off that thing in four weeks. The earliest I can get off that, I'm gonna get off that. And he did. He got, he, the window opened for his return. Let's see if he plays on Monday. Let's see if he's even able to be an X Factor in this game. I gotta think. Given the level of desperation the Cardinals are reaching here, and this is it, man, this is win or bye bye time. No matter how much you believe they can still get back into it, they're not at four and seven when they'd be, what, oh. one and. Four in the division, and then games you, you, against the Patriots, winning team coming up, the
2: Chargers coming up, the Bucks coming up, another game against San Fran. It's just, yeah, you get to the just like the Packers. You'd be exactly where the Packers are. Does anybody think the Packers have a chance right now at four and seven?
1: No, no, no.
2: You know, you're basically at four and seven. You've got six games left, and you got to
1: win five of them.
2: There's yep. you have you could lose one game at a case six.
1: scenario. You could lose it's, one game, right? And that's and it's it.
2: Not it's just and unrealistic then, to think that the Packers
1: are the Cardinals Cardinals are good enough to do yep. that, and so I would think that urgency is going to really kick in on Monday, and I would think that urgency would drive Hollywood Brown to give it a shot. Now, maybe they don't want to risk the long term. I understand that. It, it feels like careful kind of goes out the window with this game. Like if you can play, you better play because this is this is an elimination game, just like last week was. Yeah. last week was an elimination game. If you can play, you got to go out there and play. We talked about the Hollywood
2: thing as far as you know. I think you got to pay him no matter what. I think you have to pay him. He was playing really well for the Cardinals. Look, I mean, you gave up a first-round pick for him. It's not like you're going to let this guy walk in a year or two because you, that doesn't look good. And he was good. It wasn't, he was good. He was. But I think his value really increases more for him. If he can get back on the field and play and put up good numbers and prove that, you know, hey, in these final six, seven games, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to ball and I'm going to put up good numbers. It just justifies what he's going to ask for because he's going to ask for what the,
1: a lot of the wide receivers got last year. That's big money. You almost had to pay him the minute you traded for him. You know, like it almost you could get out of it if he didn't perform well on the field. But it was almost one of those deals where the minute you made that trade, you had to pay him because if you didn't, what are you doing? What are you doing, trading first-round picks for guys who are going to be here for two years? That's not good business. Yeah, that's not good business. You
2: needed a veteran. You needed a veteran with hop out, and yep. you didn't want to draft a kid, and because the draft's a crapshoot, maybe you get a good player, maybe you don't. Hollywood, the connection with Kyler, you loved that. He came in, and he balled. He played well. So I think you're right. I think you got to resign him no matter what. But what, how much he makes may very well depend to be dependent on his ability. Now, what I'm hearing, he's a maybe. He's a maybe on whether he's going to play or not. So they're sure. still not sure if he's going to.
1: We'll see, we'll see if he does. I, I just gut feeling, my gut feeling is that he's going to based off of nothing other than the significance of the situation, but we'll see if that matters. The other two X factors for the Cardinals, and of course there are lots of X factors, who's the starting quarterback? I can't believe that didn't get mentioned in the story because it's probably one of the biggest X factors of them all. Is it Colt? Is it Kyler? JJ Watt made one of the three X factors. He's he's had a really good year this year. I mean, we, we started the season with question marks about JJ and whether this this acquisition and this contract was going to end up being worth the paper it was printed on. Now I think I, I question whether they should try to bring him back on a one year deal. Yep, he's played very well. Yeah, he, he really has. He's knock on wood. He's held up. He's been healthy. After he'll be thirty four in March. Maybe you give him another two year deal but
2: I don't think anything more than that or maybe you try to get him on a wide i I'd, I'd rather get him on a one year deal and overpay
1: him uh, than a two year deal but you get him on a two year deal it's structured like a one year deal you give him a two year deal that you can get out of it sure. in the year, second year if sure. you wanted to Yeah. but I think you consider bringing him back with the way he has played he's, yes. played, he's played very well yeah. uh, he's got three sacks in his last three games uh, in the week 11 win a sack a fumble recovery five quarterback hits he should have had a touchdown he played very very well against the Rams um, in nine games, Watts has got five and a half sacks, 13 quarterback hits, seven tackles for loss. He's a key guy. He, he's he got to disrupt Jimmy G. He's got to get in his face. He's and, got to get Jimmy G off rhythm in this
2: yeah. game. And the other thing you, which, you know, his presence when you've got a rookie in Majai Sanders and a rookie in Cameron Thomas, his presence helps those guys. Him being around helps those guys, Alpha Lita, that type of thing. Like you can't underestimate that. Him being here is a baby. As long as he's playing well, I want to keep him. If he's not playing well, then you know you cut your losses, you let him go. I'll up Chandler Jones, right? But if he's playing well, you you know
1: you you try to bring him back. Because again, I think he's instrumental in helping those young guys. The third X factor player for the Cardinals, and again, we could put a lot of guys on this list if we wanted to. They went with James Conner as an X factor in this game. I'm not so sure I would have put him in my top three, but they've got James Conner on the list. His impact on that game last week, though, was so
2: great, right? I mean, you know, catching the ball, running it. I mean, he didn't have a great yards per carry, he's a touchdown was. guy. He's got a knack for the end zone in the red zone, so you, you score touchdowns instead of. He, he's the difference to me in in a lot of touchdowns instead of field goals. Because he is really good inside that 10-yard line. He's got an act for the goal line. He's tough. He's hard. He doesn't have a lot of negative plays. He's usually going to move move the pile forward. He's big. He's
1: strong. He's tough to tackle. So I like that part about him. I like that, I like that part about him. I think his value is when you have the lead. When you have the lead, that's James Conner time. Right? Because then what you need are you need to two clock, you need to get first downs, you need to move the chains, you need to keep the ball out of San Francisco's hand. If you can get the lead against San Francisco late or later in this game, then I would agree James Conner is a key guy. Because that, to me, is the real value of James Conner. In addition to I I agree with you about the red zone stuff, but that's to me where his importance is. That's where his importance was felt last week against the Rams. They had that lead, and it was the James Conner show, you know, in that game, late in that game. And so can he get there? You know, Key. We could Kyler Murray's key an X factor. Colt McCoy might be an X factor. DeAndre Hopkins is an X factor. Uh, Josh Jones. Since we know DJ Humphreys isn't going to play, yeah. he's an X Factor in this game, right? Like, he's got Nick Bosa breathing down his neck. Go get him, big fella. You know, keep him off of whoever, whoever's your quarterback, keep him off your backside for, for four quarters. You're worried about the 49ers putting it all together
2: and opening it up. I could tell. You're worried about the 49ers just having that game that everybody's expecting from them. I am. And they go score 35 and the defense kicks you and they win 35 to 13. I'm
1: worried about one You're worried of those about games. that. I could be totally wrong. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think. Offensively, man, they're so close. They're so close to having that kind of game. They almost had it last week against the Chargers. They just couldn't score the red zone. If they figure that out, man, look out. Yeah, I'm a little nervous about this game. When we come back, well, first of all, let me remind you that uh, the Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day and Eddie Vedder and Weezer and the Offspring and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Now when we come back, big slate of games this weekend, the games that you should be paying attention to if you're a Cardinals fan and the games you should be paying attention to if you're a football fan. Next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, Suns basketball is on tonight. The Suns and the Utah Jazz. That game is coming up at 7 o'clock. If you missed it, Chris Paul has been ruled out for the game. He will not play. Josh Kogie has been ruled in. Um, and Mitch just passed along this tweet from Dwayne Rankin. He's the beat writer who covers the Suns for AZ Central. Does a very nice job. Quote, he, Chris Paul, he's not ready to play the way he feels he needs to be. We feel he's still not there yet. Chris wants to be out there. You may see him shooting, but there's a ton more to it than just getting up shots. There are other check marks. Close quote. That's Monty on Chris Paul.
2: Yeah, I, I. You know what? I'm perfectly fine with that. Everybody should be fine with that. He's not ready to play. He's not ready to play. And this is when. Hey, listen, you, you know, you talked about this a lot. Like you, this is the time. You got to find out. You got to find out what campaign can give you. You got to find out what a Koji can give you. You got to find out what Landry Shamik can give you when he's when he's playing. You gotta you gotta find out what Damian and Lee could play with Chris Paul missing all of these minutes. That's 30 plus minutes a game going to other guys. Let's see what they do with those minutes. Find out who you could rely on because come playoff time when rotations get shorter and you start using less guys, if for some reason Chris is out, Chris is hurt, Chris is sick, Chris isn't playing well, this is when you're going to dig back. This is when these guys are going to, you know, prove that they could play and earn that time in the playoffs. Yeah,
1: and I mean one guy who's really stepped up so far. It hasn't been perfect by any stretch. He a rough night against Miami. Campaign has been really, really good as a starter far. So he was far. so
2: bad against Miami, four of seventeen from the field against Miami. Then he came back and he absolutely kicked some ass against Golden sure State. Did. He hit like six out of ten three pointers. He was dynamic. He only turned the ball over a couple of times. He was really, really good in that game.
1: Yeah, I just initially when he injured the heel against Philly, it was really like one of those oh no, it's fine. I could if this were a playoff game, I could have played. I'm fine. I'm okay. That was two weeks ago. Yeah, that was nearly two weeks ago. And so I, I I get it. They're taking their time. There's zero reason to rush this time of year for Chris Paul. None. Absolutely, not take your time, but it is. I think we got, I, I think I, I we, we got, can all agree this this is taking longer than we thought it was going to
2: take. With I think Chris. you'll see this several times this year, where he's he's out for two or three games and then comes back out for four games and four games and comes back. I think I think that's going to be the thing. Look, the, you know, the, there's a big question on you know the, for the sun, like far the times it finally caught up with Chris Paul. You know, probably
1: it probably, it probably has. has. It's probably and that's why they've got to find out if these other guys can help him. Yep. So campaign, go get him tonight. We'll see the Utah Jazz. There are Only four teams in the NBA who have double-digit wins. The Jazz are one of them. Huge surprise. The game starts at 7 o'clock. Of course, the Jazz have also lost three straight games, so maybe what's expected of them is kind of starting to happen now. Nobody thought they were going to be any good. They got off to a really hot start. Maybe they've started to cool off a little bit. That's what's on tonight locally. Nobody else is in action this evening, but because of the Suns-Jazz game at 7, we'll have bonus Burns in Gambo, so we'll be with you until 6.30. Uh, we're going to replay our interview with Steve Kime. If you missed it from earlier, we're going to talk with John Bloom, Suns broadcaster, who will help preview the game for us coming up at 6.15. In the meantime, it's, it's a weird weekend. Cardinals on Monday Night Football for us... We don't have a show on Monday because of the Cardinals' pregame coverage. So this is our last chance to kind of okay, let's talk some football. There's some big games coming there up are. this weekend in the there NFL. Are. Some really fun games coming up.
2: Yeah, and, and and you know, and it's not just the NFC. I mean, there's a big game with the Jets and the Patriots huge going game. on. You know, that's a huge game. I mean, you know, the the Patriots, you know, coming off the bye. Zach Wilson, very inconsistent. The Patriots have always had the Jets number. Jets are 6-3. and Patriots are 5-4. and There's a lot of projections that the AFC East is going to get four teams in the playoffs. (laughs) That they're going to get Buffalo, Miami, the Jets, and the Patriots in the playoffs out of the AFC East. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, This would be a big win for the Jets if they're able to go to New England and win. I'm going to say uh, that they're not going to be able to do that. I just think Bill Belichick against young quarterbacks, he's great at it. Uh, The Patriots are clearly not the same team that they used to be, uh, but but this is a big game for the Jets. If they could find a way to win and get to 7-3, and three,
1: I think you could pencil them in the playoffs. Season ends right now, and I know it doesn't. All four are in. The Patriots right. are the seven seed. Yep. The Bills are the sixth. The Jets are the five. And then the Dolphins are the two. All of them get in. I, I think the other, since we're going AFC, the Sunday night game between the Chiefs and the Chargers is a big one. Here's maybe my favorite stat of the weekend. And I didn't know this until I read it this morning on ESPN. Patrick Mahomes has won 13 straight road division games. Okay? 13 oh straight. Really? Yes. 13, I did not know that. I didn't either. That's a good stat. Thirteen straight wins in road division games. It's the second longest streak by a starting quarterback. The only one who's had one longer than that is Joe Montana, who remarkably went from 1984 to 1993 without losing a single road division. How many games game. is that? Twenty. Wow. Wow. Nearly a decade of not losing a division game on the road. It's incredible. That's freaking incredible. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes is second on that list with 13. Chiefs are at the Chargers. Chargers, a bunch of injuries. Obviously, the Chiefs are really rolling, and of course, the Chargers, the team, the next team, the Cardinals. We'll see, right? Yes. So, uh, kind of a chance for a sneak peek. Now, if you're looking at the scoreboard, the two games that probably matter the most for the Cardinals in terms of teams that are in front of them. Okay. Morning game on Sunday. The Bears three and seven at the Falcons four and six. You're a Chicago fan this weekend. You're a Chicago fan. You want Atlanta to lose, and then. Washington at the Texans. Yes, you know Washington five
2: and five, coming off the win against Philly, rolling with Taylor Heineke over Carson Wentz. They've won four of their last five games. You know, and they've got a shot at the playoffs. So this is uh you know, th- this is a big game. They're three and one in games that Heineke has started. They're two and four in games that Wentz started. Houston is just terrible. They're one seven and one. So yeah, if you're a Cardinal fan, you're looking at the Commanders and you're like, okay, they win, they go to six and five. And that keeps them in it. That keeps them in it for a few weeks. Now, Rams and Saints, I think both teams are out of it. Rams are 3-6. and six, Saints are 3-7. and seven. I don't think it, it matters for either one of those teams. I got my eye on the Giants. They're 7-2. and two. They're playing the Lions. The Lions are coming off of a good win. A lot of people think that the Lions are starting to you know, have played some good football and could give the Giants some trouble. Giants, look, they're 7-2, but a lot of people still don't fully believe in them. Mm-hmm. So they, for them, they've got to win a couple more games to show that up. This should
1: be an easier game for them at home in the Meadowlands against Detroit. The fun game, and I'm really looking forward to watching this one because the Cardinals are on Monday. Normally they'd be on the same time as this game. Cowboys-Vikings, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, Really looking forward. It doesn't really impact the Cardinals very much at all. These two teams are so far ahead of the Cardinals. I don't think there's catching either one of them. But this should be a fun I, game. Vikings coming off the win. What are you going to say? I'd root for the Vikings just to drop the Cowboys to 6-4. and four.
2: You know, because if you if they have a if they have a tailspin at the end, you might be able to catch them. Yeah, I think them.
1: it's a little. I think that's a reach. To be honest with you, I, I don't. I don't think you can really catch the Dallas Cowboys. But you might be right. I, I just. I think so that you that's, get a
2: win. You've got five wins. They get a loss. They've got six. You're, you're one th- game behind. This them, This right?
1: one. I know you. You always feel like you have to root for somebody. I just root for a good game in this one.
2: Just, okay. just, just entertain well, me. Well, then I hope you get entertained. I, I hope so. Just, I just hope you have some, a good game. Because I
1: don't, I don't feel, you, you Just you have this weird thing where, you don't think it's weird, but I do, where you go into every game and you just have to like calculate, okay, what is absolutely the very best thing for me to root for here? And, yeah. So, and sometimes yeah. to me, it's just not about that. You, you just, just like, want to watch right. a good game. Just you, like last night? You like to just just have fun. Last night? I was rooting for the Titans. Had to. Okay, that's a that's a team. Put the Packers away. Put the Packers away. Right. Um, I just want to watch the. Pa- just entertain me, Dallas, because I, I think Dallas. You is, think that both teams are too far ahead? They're think, too
2: good. I mean, if Dallas loses, they're going to win enough games. Both teams are
1: going to the playoffs. They're they're both teams are going right. Neither one of these teams aren't going to the playoffs. So right. Yeah, give me a good game. Okay, good. but I I as much as I mock it. I respect your need to look at every game I and just, say... I just do. What's oh, bad?
0: But that's I'm not best. like that's best. Yeah. You were
1: doing that in week four.
0: But the NFL I was really making is, fun NFL, of you then.
2: The NFL is different. Like I don't do that in in May for a baseball series. God, I don't, I hope I'm not doing that for bad. I'm not looking at the NBA schedule right now, saying, oh, "Boy, I really hope that they, that this team loses." I, I don't look at it like that. The football because it's such a quick season. I do. I do look at the games early and try to try to forecast.
1: Like, hey. okay, what is you know what do the Cardinals need? As the great Cheryl Crow once sang, Ganbo, "What is she say? If it makes you happy." It can't be all that bad. If it makes you it happy. Makes you happy. I don't really know it, that it, song. It can't be that bad. Okay. So if it makes you happy to pick somebody to root for between the fight, vi- you don't know if it if it makes you happy. Oh, it's a really good song. Show crows. It makes you happy. Can't I think be I might know it. Yeah. If it makes you happy, music makes me happy. I, then
2: why I the hell are you in, so? I got my John concert shirt on right now. I know. that's <laughs> my wife got it for me. It's got I, naked people all over it. Naked guys, <laughs> naked
1: girls. I'm like, this is the shirt you got <laughs> me. Hold on. Like it does. It's got naked
2: people they're, in it. They're, Look at that.
1: they're naked, but they're, they're tastefully naked. displayed. It's a busy
2: shirt. It's a busy shirt. I was wearing a sweat jacket over it. This is my concert shirt. Chelsea ran out after Rocket Man, and she bought the concert shirts, and this is the shirt she got me. It's very busy. Yeah, it's busy. It's a busy <laughs> shirt. It's got all the tours on the back, and all the That's my Elton John concert shirt, and I'm wearing it now, but I'm wearing something over it because it's a very, very busy
1: shirt, and it's naked people on it. Yeah, but they're, again, they're tastefully naked. They're not, like, full frontal naked. They're, it's very tasteful. They got no clothes it's, on. It's fine. They they, they <laughs> you, you wouldn't know it if you, like, stared at right, it. You know? Right, right. You're good. You're good. Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line is open for you right now at 620-620. When we come back, bonus Burns and Gambo. We're with you until 630. Suns, Jazz, let's talk a little Suns basketball with our guy John Bloom. Next, here on the Burns and Gambo show.
0: Burns and Gambo. Arizona sports. The local sports leader.
1: Bonus Burns and Gambo on this Friday night which means we get an opportunity to hang out with... Suns broadcaster John Bloom, who as always is kind enough to join us, leading into a Suns game. He's in Salt Lake City right now, getting ready to call the game between the Suns and the Jazz. You can hear the uh, the building behind him there, which means John Bloom's with us. What's going on, Bloomer?
0: Burnsy, what's going Burnsy, on? what's going on? Oh,
1: how are you, my man? <laughs> Look, um, not for nothing, as Gamble would say, <laughs> but there somewhere in that building tonight is uh, Jake Burns, his Beyonce and two friends of theirs. So, no
0: way! You're yes. talking about the former co-college hurler, Jake Burns. The, the, for, the former
1: co-college uh, number fifteen all time in RBIs in college career. Yes. yes, he started as a pitcher, but they moved him to the outfield. That's right. That's uh, right. My yeah. bad. Yeah, he's he uh, he lives in Utah now, so they they are at tonight's game.
0: That they will be. If there are some loud Suns fans cheering, what's he going to be rocking? Is he going to wear a jersey? I, I, believe- mean, I can look around and see some Sun's jerseys already in the house tonight. So I, mean, I can maybe spot me some some Jake Burns here. I just I just got a Snapchat
1: from uh, his fiance. Okay. I believe they're in the upper deck. All right. Well, we're gonna
0: take a look. We're scanning the upper region here at Vivin Arena. He'll be wearing an Ayton jersey. Okay, a an purple
1: Ayton jersey, purple Aiton jersey I believe, fantastic. is the one that he owns. Yeah. We're definitely
0: gonna find him. Okay, right, he, that's, that's, that's good there. news. I hope he gets to see a great game tonight. And uh, you know, look, this is a place where the Suns have had some success believe it or not. They've won four in a row here in this build. Yeah, it's, I'm looking
1: forward to this game, and I'll be honest, we joked about this earlier. When the schedule comes out in the middle of August, given what we knew, I don't think anybody expected the Suns and the Jazz was going to be a game to really anticipate. I think a lot of people thought the Jazz were, were not going to be good. We're not trying necessarily to be good, and yet here they are. There are four teams in the NBA with double-digit wins, and the Utah Jazz are one of them. They have been probably the biggest surprise of the early season so far.
0: Yeah, and Burnsy the reason why a lot of people thought that the Jazz weren't trying to win a lot of games is because they weren't trying to win a lot of games. (laughs) Danny Ainge is looking at this going... Well, Bloomer, I was was trying to be polite, man. I I didn't want to put you in a
1: position of accusing anybody of tanking, but I'm like, I was was trying to talk around it a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it
0: didn't seem like they were trying very hard this offseason, did it? I don't think they were hiding it. Danny Ainge acquired the next 62 first-round draft picks, I'm pretty sure, so it's going to be all Utah Jazz players the entirety of the next couple dra- No, I, I, they have a ton of draft picks. Obviously, they've got some players that have come in from different teams that have all melded together nicely in order to get 10 wins in the early season. Now, the question is, can they keep it up? They've lost three in a row, so it's, they're trending the opposite direction. But I still think uh, that there's something to this, that it's not just uh, you know window dressing, if you will, that I think that there's you know a, a legit basketball team that's playing here in Salt Lake City, and Will Hardy is uh, pretty impressive for a 34-year-old head coach in this league.
1: Yeah, and that's there are certainly good individual parts, like you mentioned, and how they all have meshed together has been impressive. But at the same time, they're also there because if Danny decides he wants to move some of those guys, they're all very movable, right? They're all, you would assume, be pretty highly sought-after commodities in the trade market if it ever got to that point. I I guess the, the thing about it, and this is no disrespect to the young man at all, I can't imagine, Larry. Markinen's going to be this good all year. That that seems to me to be like at the core of why the Jazz are good. He's been exceptional. I mean, like way beyond his career numbers in some regards. And I just I don't know how sustainable that part of this is for Utah.
0: Well, that's a good point. Can he keep it up? He's averaging over twenty-one points and eight rebounds a game. He's shooting nearly sixty-four percent from two. Uh, you know, anywhere from two-point range. That's just a ridiculous it's number. A ridiculous number. But uh, yeah, so I don't think that's sustainable. Sixty-four percent from two. Point range, but I think even with the drop off there, here's a guy that that had the skill set to do the things that we're seeing him do now, and he's still young. You know, he's 25 years of age, so it's not as if, you know, he's anywhere near peaking at this point, but uh, perhaps he's hitting his actual potential, and that's an exciting thing for the Utah Jazz, who maybe thought they were just getting a throw in there in the Donovan Mitchell trade with Cleveland, and Laurie Markinen's turned out to be an absolute leader for them. Uh, You know, you talk about tradable assets, maybe a guy in that list or topping that list would be a veteran point guard like Mike Conley, yep. who is definitely not washed up, even though he's, you know, in his mid-30s, he's averaging a career high in assists this year at 8 and eight and change. So, yeah, maybe he's a guy that a, a team that's contending uh, looks to pick up if the Jazz fall off and are not contending, which a lot of people still believe will be the case. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson inside could be
1: another as well. Let's talk about the Suns team. Chris Paul ruled out tonight. Campaign, aside from not shooting the ball very well against Miami, has done a really nice job filling in for Chris Paul since Chris Paul has doesn't come back to play with the heel injury. He, it seems like when Cam is put in these situations where he has to start for Chris, that seems to be when he's at his best.
0: Yeah, and it's all about confidence, isn't it, Burns? I mean, he's a guy that you could just see, you could feel the confidence. Before the game tips off, you see him strolling around, and, and he's got all that swag. He loves, you know, dropping uh, dimes out there and, and rapping with the rappers and doing the dance and all that stuff and loosening up, and that's his character. But then on the floor during the game, he's all business. Right now, his numbers are spectacular in these four games, averaging almost 21 points a game and six assists, but doing it efficiently, shooting the ball well from the floor, and most importantly, not turning the ball over. 3.43 assists per turnover uh, during his starting uh, in these four games is pretty spectacular. Yeah, not to to
1: repeat what you're saying, but but I'm going to repeat what you're saying, because that is so the key with him. Everything else about his game is fine, especially that pace that he plays with, as long as he's being careful with the basketball. Bloomer, we look forward to hearing your pregames coverage coming up. And, of course, you've got the call because they're on the road. We look forward to hearing that as well. You have a nice stay there in Salt Lake City. Say hi to Jake Burns for
0: me. Looking for that number 22 in the upper region here at Vivint Arena right now. <laughs> Burns, thanks for uh, chatting Suns Hoops. We're looking forward to bringing you all the action. TK's warming up his pipes right next to me as we get ready for the right, pregame.
1: Clear the throat, TK. Ready to go. It's time to work for the next couple of hours or so. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Here on this Friday edition of the Burns and Gambo Show, we will see you too. Tuesday, not Monday, because of the Cardinals game here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You're still here? It's over. Go
2: home. Go.